I have a big chance in that to be interacting with the best people, right? The ones that really know a topic. Welcome to Physicists in the Wild. My name is Aggie Branchik. In this series, we chat with physicists who pursued careers outside of academia. In this episode, I'm delighted to welcome Kachiusha Casimiro, who went from being an assistant professor in quantum optics to the managing editor at PRX Quantum. I work as an editor. Right now, I'm actually managing a journal. And that means that I get all the ulcer for considering if the journal is doing well or not. Um, but on the positive side, I have the privilege of thinking about the journal in ways of what can we be doing that will benefit the community. I get a little bit more of a creative view and, and, and action on what we, we should be doing. So how is your day-to-day? -day? So when you have your research, most likely people are going to tell these this results. They write articles, and those articles, usually they are sent for peer review to scientific journals, and eventually they get published at that. And a lot of the, the job is really uh, this interaction with authors and, and referees for doing the peer review. So it's really about... You receive the manuscript, you have to assess if this is in, in the scope of the journal, if it's likely to meet the acceptance criteria. Uh, and if so, then you want to consult referees or experts in the topic. And then there is a back and forth with uh, authors and referees where they can address criticism and revise the manuscript. And in the end, uh, we make a decision. So I think it uses a lot the knowledge of physics, of course, uh, but also knowledge of the research community. Uh, there is a lot of knowing how to communicate, good news and bad news, <laughs> knowing how to deal with frustrations, right? And uh, there is quite a bit of that as well. Do you get many people getting angry in emails to you? I think the goal is always to manage that and make so that in the end I don't. It's a little bit like chess, right? So you you think I had a few steps and now I know how to avoid those situations in the first place. But still, yeah, they, they, they do happen. I think some autos have this... They're just not used, maybe, with the process. They take personally, right? There is a criticism on, on the specifics of uh, how maybe the paper is written. Maybe it's just confusing. It's everything correct, but it's confusing. But some people can react uh, quite a bit in strong ways. And uh, and you see, like, you send, you know, when you send this email and five minutes later it comes back and then you already know, I mean, this was not thoughtful. Was It's just emotion. And then, uh, yeah, then you you just reply back in due time with mm -hmm. all respect and politeness. And, and kind of, uh, I, I think there is a bit of a role in educating, right? In educating and explaining mm -hmm. what's going on. And usually you try to solve things in a diplomatic way. But I think there are also funny situations that, for example, the ref the, the autos uh, always say in the cover letter, oh, there are those experts, the people that really know the subject and could be the referee of my mm -hmm. paper. And sometimes we consult those people. And it's not unfrequent that 
you'd have this referee criticizing quite heavily the work and the autos come back saying this referee doesn't know anything about the topic right but they are the referees well, yeah they are the ones that you suggested so <laughs> well that's quite funny uh, are there any other things that were surprising in the industry that you didn't anticipate yeah yeah i think the, the the first one that I noticed was really the lack of referees and the fact that some people that are really brilliant that you admire as a scientist, as a person, and they oh, they don't really engage as a referee. <laughs> and it's sad. But I, I do take the point that some, uh, I think we have to understand, sometimes they don't engage as a referee, but they are quite engaged in the community in other ways, right? In, in uh, the funding and many uh, judging projects here and there, PhD thesis, there are plenty of things out there. So I, 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 I get this point, but still uh, it would be good, I think, to have more the advice of these people sometimes. Or even see them like um, engaging with their team. They cannot provide a report anymore, but maybe they could uh, um, join, submit kind of joint reports where they engage with a PhD student, someone else, uh, and help them become a good referee as well. Some people say, well, it doesn't count for my career progression. And that's how why they justify as well not doing this job. So maybe that is something i think for the universities to think about right if having papers published is important being a referee should also be what would you say are your most and least favorite parts of your job i like that it's unpredictable and i dislike that it's predictable you could see this job like that you'd see well yeah papers coming choose referee and uh, see report go to out those papers come out I am always looking more at this, uh, what I said, the unpredictable part, because the other ways, of course, looking the paper itself, right? The science is always going to be a bit different. I have a big chance in that to be interacting with the best people, right? The ones that really know a topic. And uh, from time to time, uh, we, we, I mean, yeah, quite frequently we get this excellent reports and, and commentaries that you just don't see right i think i i have quite a lot of uh, enjoyment in in seeing those things and there is this little chaos that happens sometimes so you're just trying to find a referee and you go in the web page of people who find out what they're publishing but then i don't know some people are good in photography they have hobbies right it's people and then you end up seeing stuff in, in and the web is, oh, that's an interesting idea. That's cool. <laughs> One other thing for me right now as managing editor is that I discuss the complicated cases with my editors. Mm -hmm. And that for me is, is really, I mean, of course, we don't want to have complicated cases in principle. But at the same time, they're the ones that are going to be different, right? And and I, I also love to teach. And so when you put the truth things together when they query me oh there is this situation I'm not quite so sure so I'm <laughs> I have a little bit of oh yes let's see that one now more in a lifestyle it's a job that allows a lot of flexibility that's important to me as a mother so mm -hmm. I, I appreciate that and working hours and right, right now we are remote as well so it helps my life and we still travel quite a bit uh, I mean we go to conferences as 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 a 
an academic wood mm-hmm. it's a perk right I think it's I get to travel for free it's nice um yeah I like that quite a lot but I I would like to comment also when you asked about the parts that uh, that I don't like too much in the job or the ones that are not my favorite I think it's always good to be in a team with a lot of diversity because the things that you don't like you can find the people that do like and mm-hmm. you have a good opportunity of trading so I always try my best to see in which ways I can delegate the parts that I don't like did you always want to be a physicist no not at all I was always interested in almost every phase I wanted to keep learning that was always I think the big theme for me I said well oceanography that sounds good (laughs) at the time and in Brazil the way to get to it was either to do physics or biology and I even considered biology but then uh, uh, a teacher said well you are too good in math it would be a waste of your talent. So I then started in physics. And you actually went qu- quite a long way because by the time you decided to transition, you were already an assistant professor, right? Yes, yes. And so how did you go from being a professor to working for APS? There are several things in there. But again, I think one is this idea of uh, this wish of being more of a generalist. Because one of my biggest fears, especially as an experimentalist, is that you get the funding and you start to buy all of this equipment. They're expensive and you feel a little bit stuck on what mm-hmm. you're going to do, at least for, for quite some years, right? You have to be, in a way, recycling using that same stuff. Uh, there is a, a little bit also, I think, of lifestyle that I wanted to be competitive and that in many cases means that you, you just do that all, the whole time. I felt, no, uh, I would like to have weekends with my daughter. Some people can manage better and, and I really uh, think it's it's great if you can. I, I fail a little bit on that one. I, I Yeah, so I felt, okay, maybe with a different type of job, I am more able to have those free weekends for family mm-hmm. and actually we were submitting a paper and then I saw the ad in the physical mm. review that they were looking for an editor and I thought hmm that uses my skills that can be interesting and that's when I look at in more details and, and I applied. Do you have any general advice for PhD students who are exploring their career options? There are those things of always kind of uh, observing what you are doing on your day-to-day and like uh, just thinking, oh, okay, I did those things today. At which point in the day I was energized that I was really happy and at which point I was totally uh, dragged down and lost my motivation. What what was the thing that made you happy in that situation, right? Writing the code or, or was the discussion with someone? I think that gives a lot of clues on which directions you should be going. Make time to try, just a short time, but try new things, really in practice, because sometimes you, you just feel like, oh, this sounds interesting, but when you do it in practice, it's an entirely different story. If you are to choose, you have a 
the chance of choosing different projects to work on, pick the one that's going to be the most challenging to you. That's really going to make you sweat a lot mm -hmm. because that again is where you're going to really learn something. So don't uh, be lazy and just pick the ones. Oh, I know I can do that. If you know you can do that, then don't do. Let someone else do and pick the ones that are on the threshold that maybe you are not able to do and see what happens. Yeah. Thank you, Kachi. I really enjoyed this conversation, learning about the editorial process and about your career. Thank you, Aggie. It was very nice to be here. Good luck with this podcast. It's a wonderful idea. Wow.